0: Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like him, and see them lead others to him. We hope this message you're about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. All right, so today we are finishing up this um, series on spiritual maturity um, that we started quite a while ago. Uh, and this series, did not even, it didn't really start like it was going to be a series. But, you know, as we went along, we just started realizing that, you know what, I think this is what God is, is communicating to us because we're preparing separate messages and it was all in the same direction. So today I want to tie everything up with spiritual growth disciplines, spiritual growth disciplines. This message is going to be different from any other message you have ever heard me preach because I'm, trying, I'm going to try to be as practical as I can be with this message today. I'm going to try to be as practical as possible. We've said that spiritual growth is simply becoming like Jesus. Loving like Jesus, that is the end goal. We are already like Jesus positionally, which is that the Bible says we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. So positionally speaking, right now we are already like Jesus. But in our behavior, things have to conform with the image of Jesus Christ. So we have to grow into the the knowledge of the stature of the fullness of Christ, right? So that is what we are working on while we are here on earth. But as far as God is concerned, whenever God looks down from heaven and you are praying, or you are doing whatever it is, God is not looking at you and looking at your sin. He is looking at you and looking at the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross on your behalf. So you need to understand that. That any time that you are, you are coming, that's why he says you should come boldly. We should come before the throne of God boldly. Because when God looks at us, he looks at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So last week, we said there are three main things. right? When it comes to the catalyst of spiritual growth, we said there has to be practical teaching. What else did we say? That that one I've already told you. So what is the last one? (laughs) Personal ministry. Wonderful. So those three things are are very, very vital. And personal ministry, I didn't really have time to really dig into it. But, I mean, the the story that illustrates it very well for me was what uh, Pastor Kidmore told uh, during the last week. He said he went to a church and he he came out of the washroom. as he came out of the the washroom, he saw a gentleman standing by the side. And the, the man said, oh, have you been to the washroom? He said, yeah, 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 I've been there. He said, did you like it? He said, yeah, it's very good, it's very thin. And the guy said, yeah, that's my ministry, that's my ministry. And he was so proud, he was so, you know, so confident, so full of life. And he said, this happened many years ago, but the thing has never left him. Because he was just like, how can somebody be so proud of, you know, this this simple thing that they've given him, which is to clean the bathrooms? You know, so that is what personal ministry is. It, It doesn't have to be something flamboyant or something, you know, loud or something that everybody sees or they can clap for right? Like, like, I mean, the most obvious thing that people see in church is the, the person that is, that is preaching. But for me to stand here and preach, and my mind will be at peace. There are so many other things that have to be working well. Because I cannot be here, standing in front of the pulpit, and be, be wondering whether they flush the bathroom, or wondering whether they are parking the cars properly. Or if somebody comes and there's no space to park and they're turning back. Like, I can't undo those things while I'm, I'm here on the, on the pulpit. So every one of us have a role to play. It has to be what every joint supplies. That is the way ministry works. Ministry was never designed for a few people to do, you know, the work of ministry. That's not the way God designed it. And we need to get to the point where we are understanding that God is not really, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to find a, a very... You know, a nice way to say these things today. God is not looking for... I mean, the last time I preached that pastor message, you know, it was very popular because I was very harsh. But I didn't like myself when I watched it. You know, I felt I was just being too harsh. Like, it came out the way I, I, I thought that God communicated it to me, but I felt like I was too hard on people. You uh, know, That's not the way I am. I'm not, I don't want to be too hard. <laughs> right? But sometimes you have to say things the way they need to be said. Uh-huh, that's just the truth. You have to say things sometimes the way that... So what I'm trying to communicate here is this. You see... When we leave the, the work of the ministry for just the leaders, the pastor, the staff, you know, or the volunteers or whatever it is, right? What you are doing is not just depriving yourself of the opportunity to grow. You are depriving the ministry, the church, of the opportunity to grow. You, you might look at it and say, what does me not coming to church one week, what does it do, Right? Let me, let me just come from that angle to you, to, to explain it to you like this. Like, okay, I didn't come to church for anytime I'm not here. My heart, see, they know where I am. They know that I'm not there. <laughs> if I'm not here, they know, that where, they know that this guy does not want to be here. I make it as obvious as possible that this is not where I want to be right now. Right? So this is how it is. It, the week that you choose not to come to church might be the week that God is going to send somebody to church that needs to see you to feel like they belong in the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's very practical. You, some of you that came on Easter Sunday, you saw it. Some guests came here on Easter Sunday of, that are of a different species from all of us. You know, that Some of them were Asians you know, that came on Easter Sunday. But do you know that we have to be, after the service, we have to be convincing them that we are more than this one. <laughs> we, yeah, we have to be telling the guys that. And when we told him, he said, really? I would said, Yes! <laughs> We have a worship uh, people that can sing. We have all this, this but they didn't come today. You say, oh, why? Do you know what? They haven't come back. It's just, you see, there's nothing you want to tell a human being that supersedes his experience. So you can, you can stay there and say, you know, ah, we are good. Don't mind today. We'll come back next week. But he has experienced something. As he sat down in the church, he has already made up his mind whether he's coming back or not. So there's nothing you want to say. And it is proven that when people go to a new church, they look first for people that look like them. If they are are new parents, they are looking for, how many people have baby here. If they are teenagers, they are looking for, where are the people I can relate to? That's why you see that somebody like Nicole, when she's coming here, she always brings her friend. Because nobody wants to be Isolated. Why do they come together, two of them, why do they come together and sit together? (laughs) Because they want to be able to hold each other like this and say, what's going on? It's just the way it is. That's human nature. That's the way it is. So we need to understand that every single one of us have a role to play. Look, you are the first person that somebody sees at the door. The minute you walk in, the way you, you respond to that person might be what would determine whether the person will come back or not. And I'm not just saying whether they will come back or not so that the church can be full. You guys know by now that I have no problem with that that by now you know that I'm circumcised. <laughs> I'm not. Like, that is not my issue. The issue is that their being in the house of God can be the difference between them going to heaven or going to hell. That's the big picture. That's what we cannot gamble with. That's why when, when they say, they give you something to do, they say, like, uh, Pastor, okay, now. You know he's a pastor. Because when you come to Canada, God, Canada humbles you. But where he's coming from, he's a pastor. <laughs> so, like we've told him now that he's going to be leading prayer. right? In the morning, we going to be leading prayer. Do you know that God can make it so that that prayer, 30 minutes prayer that we'll be doing after revival, now that we'll be starting, can be what somebody will come to church and that will be the only thing they will hear in the whole service. Do you know that that we might get to the message and they don't even hear anything? That it's just like you know that that is what God planned for them to experience that day. And if He now decides that you know it's just prayer, I mean, they are not give me the sermon to preach. <laughs> it's just prayer now. It's just 10 minutes. Then he doesn't prepare. He doesn't do anything. You know, the week that he wants to even assign it to somebody else, it's only on on Friday we remember that, ah, this prayer till. It's not like a burden. (laughs) Ah, ah, let me find somebody else. That's why every little thing you are doing, me, I don't play with this stuff. Like, I don't joke with it. I I am on top of every, like, I don't play. So everything that God gives you to do in his house, or that you think that, is you need to ask my mom when I'm talking about, you know, doing things in church, how I sound. Like yesterday, I had to apologize to her because I was, I was shouting when I started talking about it. I said, you have to find something to do. Find something. Don't let, them, don't let them tell you, you know, don't come here. That's okay, but you must find something. And I was already raising my voice because that's how passionate I am about this stuff. Because I know how every joint, everything, how it comes together. It is so important, guys. It is so crucial. So crucial. Colossians. Let's go to Colossians. I don't have my clicker, so you have to help me. I still have to me to go back to the... I think that thing is tying me down. Colossians chapter 2, from verse 6 to 7. Look at it. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. See, he's saying, as you have received Christ Jesus, don't stop there. Many people receive Christ Jesus and walk away. It says, as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him so that you can become rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. The best way that I can describe this being rooted is the trees that are behind my house. You know, when we first came, we saw those trees there and, you know, when uh, Hurricane Dor- Dorian or which what was the name of that it was Dorian, right? When that serious hurricane that happened that I was driving from work in that hurricane and it was god that brought me home (laughs) that day and when i when i looked outside the window you could see the trees big massive trees swaying and they were whistling and you 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 would think that you know this hurricane is so powerful and tomorrow morning you won't meet these trees there because this hurricane is very powerful but i came out the next morning and all the trees were still there why were they still there you need to talk back to me why were they still there they were rooted they were rooted they were established so there's a difference between giving your life to jesus and becoming established there are two different things how you become established is, is what he's saying that you have been taught you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving so there are certain disciplines that we employ as christians to grow growth in in christendom is not by magic it's not something that jumps on you. It's not that you're hanging around the things of God, you will grow. No, 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 no. There are some things that, that made that tree to get to the point where it had such roots that a, a hurricane came and did not move the tree, right? It shook, it shook from side to side, but in the next, the next day it was still there. So what we are talking about is that when you get to the point where you can say you are established in the faith, it means that nothing that comes your way is able to throw you off balance, that you still maintain your balance, that you are still where you you believe what you believe, you know who you are, you know who God says you are, and that is what it is. That nothing that comes is, you know, saying that today, you know, things did not go the way I want. So you just feel like, ah, because things did not go the way I want today, you know, maybe God is not true. Uh, And then tomorrow, when you see a a nice pay, or something happens to you, then you say, ah, God is faithful. Come and join me, sing hallelujah. No, 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 no. You are not yet established. People that are established in the faith, when you see somebody who comes and says that, you know, they have been a Christian before, and then, uh, they now come out later on and say, you know what, I'm no longer a Christian. They were not established. They believed. I'm not saying they were not believers. They believed. But to believe is different from to be established in the faith. There are two different things. When you become established in the faith, there's no going back. That is the end. There's no going back. That is the point of no return. That is what we are, we are talking about. That's where we are trying to get to. Am I making sense, guys? All right. So, what are the disciplines that we, we have to employ? as believers, to make sure that we are getting to this point where we are established in the faith. What are the disciplines? Number one, now, before I even tell you what they are, you see, these things that I'm about to share with you, they are so simple and basic. You already know it. I shared it last week. But this is the, this is the game changer. They have to be things that you are doing, number one, consistently. Please write this down, right? And this is one of the disciplines you have to now start building. You have to write, please, give me two pens and buy and, and Get, get pen and write it. Write some of these things that I'm saying. If you have, get your phone or something, write down. Uh, uh, Chief, at the back, I want to see your notes too when we are done. Okay? So that you don't say, <laughs> you don't say oh, I, I was the one controlling the whole world, so I cannot write. All right? So you have to take some notes. Consistent. Number one, you have to be consistent. That's why I said today's message is very different. So bear with me, okay? I'm going to do this like we're in the classroom. Number one, you have to be consistent with these things. Number two, it has to be done systematically. And number three, it has to be continuous, which means it has to happen over a long period of time. To be consistent means that if you say, I'm doing this every Tuesday, it means I'm doing it every Tuesday. To do it continuously means I I do it every Tuesday for one month and I check and I don't see the result and I say I'm tired. So there are two different things. You have to be consistent and it has to be continuous. So what are these three things? Number one is your personal prayer time. Number one, your personal prayer time. These are the disciplines that make you a Christian. There is no Christianity without a personal disciplined prayer life. It does not exist. It does not exist. There is no Christianity where there is no personal... And See, I'm not talking about when we come together in church. That's good. But that is a different thing. When we come together in church and and I say, you know, everybody, let's pray. There is something called corporate anointing. Right, that everybody can everybody can draw from the corporate anointing where we we come together. Like, if sometimes when I'm when I feel like I want to pray and I'm I'm not I'm not feeling it, right? Like, I have to drag myself out of my flesh. Sometimes I will put on a message, you know, or something, or a prayer meeting. That by the time I start hearing other people praying, I will start getting, you know, like yeah, I need to do this. So there's that. But I'm talking about things that you're doing. And when you do these things privately, when we come together as a body, you will feel it. Because everybody is now bringing their own supply. It's not that it's the pastor that we are all looking to. I'm waiting for him to, to you know, bring energy. No, 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 no. no. As you are coming in, see, when you start to do this and start to live your life like this, you will come into the church and you will not even want to interact too much. You will be praying in other tongues see, I'm talking about where you are <laughs> I told you the story of when with the day in, in, in fellowship uh, in, in school that doctors put me in a trap said I should start praying all night and me too, I, I listened, I started praying all night what happened was, the anointing was so strong huh, that I would come to class at 6 o'clock in the morning after praying all night, I would just go and have my bath I would come to, to school one day I was at the school gate and the gate men, they know me and the school as pastor so I, I was at the gate and they were greeting me Pastor, pastor, and the guy came the way he normally greets me. And he shook my hand. He tumbled under the anointing. It was the other man that rescued him. <laughs> like, ah, what's happening here? You know, it was like, what happened? But me, I, I knew what happened. I understood what happened. That you cannot be in the presence of God huh, for 12 hours, for 16 hours, and something will not rubber for you. So it's a private stuff we're talking about. And it's not something that you have to be telling everybody or telling the whole world that this is what I do. You make it a private discipline, something that it is between you and God. It's not that, so that, you know, you can come and tell everybody that, eh, you know, I prayed for 24 hours yesterday. That's good for you. <laughs> it's good for you, but it's a private stuff. Please, this is important. So, there is no Christianity without a personal prayer life. You have to find a place and a time that works for you. A place and a time. A place and a time. No excuses. So, you are, I mean, you live in a house where you don't have a private room to yourself. You have to find a way. When I was in in, uh, National Youth Service Corps in Nigeria, I was living in a house. I've told you that story. I was living in a house that had all these girls. When I want to pray, I usually would go away from the house into the bush where there's a tree and I would stay under the tree. I would be circling the tree. That's how I do my prayer. (laughs) I'll be going around the tree because I cannot pray the way I want to pray inside the house. So these are things that you have to go out of your way to do. It will not be easy. They will not be easy. Sometimes you come to church, you don't want to do anything. I understand it. Like, sometimes you just want to relax and just chill and just listen. But there is, there is discipline in you making sure that whatever is being communicated is not being lost. That you are, you are making notes of the things that, that come across to you. You don't have to write everything that I say. But you it has to be a discipline that we have as a church. That people come in here, they when they see you in the church and you are taking notes furiously... They will look (laughs) at themselves, even if they don't want to take notes. (laughs) Or they have no intention of actually looking at the notes, they will take it, right? Because one day, I promise you, one day you will need it. One day you are going to need those notes. And you will look at it and and say, okay, so I actually knew this. How come is not producing results in my life? Are you guys in a big hurry today? I feel like there's an anointing for me to teach this thing right now. Like, that's the way I feel right now. So if you're in a hurry, I don't know what we're going to do. (laughs) Maybe we'll continue next week. But I've not even reached my second point yet. So this is what I want to do. I want to make it very practical to you, right? That's why I told you to get those materials so that you can write this down. I want to make it very plain. Because one of the questions that people have asked me is, you know, uh, when I was youth pastoring, they would say, "Ah, Uncle Sheon, you're always saying, you know, we should pray, we should pray. How do we pray? How? You know, you say you pray all night. What are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> How can you pray for one hour? What are you doing? You know? So that's what I want, to share. I want to share with you. Are you interested in that? To break it down. Now, the Bible says we should enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So this is what I do. When I want to start my prayer, I have two ways of doing this thing. Because my schedule is very somehow, right? I have some days that, that for me look like my normal work day. So we're going to just use an example of somebody who does a normal regular 9 to 5, Right? If you're, you're, you have a day that you are busy, things are very tight, you must be able to squeeze out at least one hour of that day for God. You must be able to do it. This is the discipline. If you have another day that is like a holiday or a weekend, that one, you must give God a tithe of that day. Do you hear what I said? What is a tithe of 24 hours? You are in the Spirit. You are in the Spirit. So, this is what I do. The days that I know that you know, this, are, this is a very you know, tight day for me, it's one hour. The days that I might switch over days or I'm off day or all the day or whatever it is, that one is two hours and 40 minutes. And I have a breakdown for all of them because then I can, I can do more things. And what do I do? This is the first one. So for my, for my one hour, please, you don't have to follow my own exactly, right? Do it how God leads you, but you must have a personal prayer life. There is nothing, you cannot be a member of this church and you are not practicing a personal prayer life. It's not allowed. Uh You must start it. If you have not started today, it's the day that you start. Do you hear what I said? Now, the reason why I'm sounding like this this morning is because God said something to me last week that, you know, my prayers, have started shifting more towards growing the church than growing the people, up. Do you hear what I said? That I've started praying more now about growing the church, which is that, God, send us more people. We are doing all these things. Please help us. (laughs) You know, like desperate prayer, like God, send us more people. God said no, no. What I want you to focus on is grow the ones that I have sent to you, grow them up. When you grow them up, because living things grow, it's a natural law. When something is, is healthy and alive, it will grow. So, the focus that all of us now as a church, our focus has to be on each and every one of us growing up. So, from wherever point we are at, you know, you might be at, uh, you know, you are, you are a first class Christian, it's good, but you are not yet like Jesus. So, the goal is that all of us want to become like Jesus. So whether, whatever state you are, is for us to now do what? To grow up. So the first thing is thanksgiving. He says enter his gates with thanksgiving. his caught with praise. So I start with worship for 10 minutes. Sing some songs that you know. If you don't know any song, play a worship CD. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Just say, you know, thank God for the things that he has done for you. Worship him in that way. The next thing is, I pray in the spirit for 15 minutes. The reason why I pray in the spirit before I read my Bible is because my pastor in Nigeria taught me that when you pray in the Spirit before you read your Bible, the eyes of your understanding are enlightened when you are reading the Scriptures. So I don't open my Bible before I pray in the Spirit. So I would do that for another 15 minutes, that's praying the Spirit. Then I go to reading and meditating on the Bible for 20 minutes. This is my one-hour schedule. I open a passage of the Bible, I read it. When I'm done reading, it's not to move on. I sit with it and I meditate. Meditate is not uh, like all these weird religions. I'm talking about where you, where you sit down and you mutter the scriptures to yourself. You repeat the words to yourself. You think about it deeply, right? That's what meditation is. You think about the scriptures. You think about it deeply. You meditate on it. You, you go over what you have read. And you do that for, for that 20 minutes time frame. Now, when we get to Bible study, I will, I will show you this. This Bible that I brought here today has a, a one-year reading plan that only takes you 15 minutes a day. And it already has Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. And you can read that in 15 minutes, and you are done. So there's no excuse. And you can spend the other five minutes meditating on what you have read and just thinking about it and thinking deeply. You do that. Then finally, you now pray in your understanding for another 15 minutes. So whatever prayer points you have, you know, you have something that has been on your mind, something that you want God to do for you, this is the time to now pray about those things. Then you bring them to God and you pray about it in your understanding. So this is how my one hour goes when I am busy. And you have to be able to find one hour in your day. If you have to wake up earlier than you are waking up now, is what you have to do. If you have to come back, there are some days that I don't pray my, this, my prayer in the morning because I walk at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's when I have to go to work. So there is not practical for me to do that. My wife has already uh, hijacked my study in the house. So from 5 o'clock, she's already there. <laughs> so I can't even use that space. So what I do is in the morning, so I'm trying to show you that this thing is not rocket science. In the morning, I just pray a quick prayer. While I'm taking the shower, while I'm preparing, I'm speaking in other tongues, I'm I'm doing a quick prayer. But when I am done from work, then I come here. Every single day that I finish from work, this is where I come to. And I will sit down and pray my normal prayer. Is when I am done and I'm satisfied, that's when I will go home. My mother sits down here, you can ask her. I will not come home when I close from work. I will come here first. Make sure that the day does not go by without me fulfilling this. You might look at it and say, ah, but, ah, what if you can't do it every day? No, no, you are affecting your growth. I'm telling you, you are affecting your growth. There's nothing like, you know, it, it's just, no, no, no. It, it adds up. These things add up. And this is why you see that people go to church for five years and you, you talk to them and you are like, ah, which church do you attend? <laughs> you know, sometimes you can't ask because that's, what, but that's the thing that comes to your mind. Ah, but you say you are a Christian. Why are you talking like this? Because we are, no, we are no longer practicing stuff like this. We just want to, we want to get people in and get them out so that the next service can start. That's what we are doing in church now. So we just want, you know, we want to take fine picture of crowd, you know, post on Instagram. And we don't care what's going on in the lives of the people. We don't care. Whether they're actually praying, whether they're studying their Bible, whether they're growing, nothing. Nothing. It's scary. It's very scary. Because the Bible says that we will give accounts of the people that God has given us. This is, the, this is, the, this is my own issue <laughs> with this stuff. Like God said, I'm going to give account. So I have to get to the point where I'm actually telling you stuff that will help you. you so you might not like some of these things. It might, right now, it might sound like, ah, well, why are you so serious about this? was the big deal? <laughs> but it will tell. I'm telling you, it will tell. It will tell. And I've seen this. I've seen it. Where, I mean, in, in youth church, then we used to tell them, you know, No Bible, no breakfast. I'll get to that in a moment here. That you don't feed your spirit before you feed your body. That was our rule. That you cannot eat in the morning if you have not... The guys who don't do it, after three months, you can see in their life that they're not doing it. Because all you have to do is have a conversation with them. (laughs) Or provoke them. Uh That's all you have to do. Because the fruit of the Spirit will develop in you, no matter how, how bad it is. If you stay in the presence of God every day for an hour, the fruit of the Spirit will start to form inside of you because you are in God's presence. So the days that I have the time, which is, I have, I have the title of my day, I start with Thanksgiving as well. 15 minutes of worship, pray in the Spirit for 30 minutes. This is my own. My goal every day is to pray in the Spirit for an hour. I do some of it concentratedly, some of it I do on the go. When I'm in my car, is it that I'm listening to a message or I'm praying? These are the things that I do. It's not that I just leave everything to chance. So that's that. I pray in the Spirit 30 minutes, read and meditate for this day, is 45 minutes because I have the time to do it. I will sit with my Bible. This is when you now see me bringing all manner of Bibles out. You know, bringing up because now I have the time to do it. Sometimes it goes beyond the 45 minutes. But that's the goal I'm reaching for is 45 minutes. Pray, um, pray in the Spirit 30 minutes. Read and meditate for 45 minutes. And then I pray in the understanding for another 30 minutes. Then this is where I now bring out my prayer points, my normal prayer points. I have a confession, a very short one, that I make for my wife and my children. My wife is a virtuous woman. She always does me good every day of her life. The bread of idleness deceit, she does not eat. She gets up early and, and assigns and maids her tasks. I, I have those confessions that I make on a daily basis. So it's not when something, when I see I start behaving somehow that I now have to go and be doing fire brigade. <laughs> I'm already making those declarations every other day. Every other day. And then I pray, normal prayer, I pray for my family, pray for, you know, then I get to you guys and I pray for everybody in the church, I do that. So this is what you, this is what you do and you break things down this way. If this doesn't work for you, please find the one that works for you and do it, alright? Then you pray, you pray in your understanding and then you go to meditate and listen. This is where I practice listening prayer for 15 minutes. Not on your bed, huh? <laughs> You lie down on your bed and say, I'm practicing re- listening prayer. No, <laughs> you get up, sit down and, and, and focus on what you're doing, right? Open your Bible and just listen, be still. And just listen to what God wants to say about everything that you have prayed about. That's listening prayer. I do that for about 15 minutes, and then I make my confessions. My confessions are, you know, see the ones that we have on the website? That's a sample of what I do. I have personal confessions that I built out for my ministry. I have one for the year. I have for whatever it is that we are believing God for as a family. And then I declare those ones, and I don't have time frame on them. Sometimes that leads me to now pray in other tongues some more. Uh-huh. Sometimes I'm able to get to the one hour. Sometimes I'm not able to. But this is how it goes. Number two is personal fasting. So we've said the first one is the personal prayer time. Number two is personal fasting. This is not when the church calls a fast. I'm saying in your own life, you have to have a system, a way that you are fasting. Fasting is abstaining from food or any other thing that gives you pleasure so that you can focus on reading your Bible and praying. Let me say it again so that you can write it down. Fasting is abstaining from food or anything else that gives you pleasure, so that you can focus on prayer and the study of the word. So it's a replacement. You are replacing because sometimes we say we are fasting, we are not, we don't eat food, but we are looking for any other thing. You know, that's when you binge watch all the series that you have missed. That's why no, no, that's not fasting. Fasting means that you are denying yourself of things that you enjoy doing, so that you can focus that time on prayer and on the study of God's word. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 16. Matthew 6 and verse 16. It says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you, how? Openly. So there's a reward for fasting that's what he says there's a reward we know we say we don't fast to impress god or you know to change god but he says there is a reward for doing it so these are the two things he has said there we said when you fast he didn't say if you fast that means we are expected to do it and he says when you are fasting it's not the time for you to you know now I'll be looking like you're about to die you know we like sympathy Oh 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 somebody's asking you what happened oh we are fasting in our church oh, we are fasting he said you, are, you have your reward so that's not, the, that's not the whole agenda. Please, wash your face. In fact, let me tell you, when I fast in my house, nobody knows that I'm fasting. They don't know because there's no change in my, in my countenance or, you know, I start acting weird everywhere. Or you don't brush your teeth. Please brush your teeth, oh. You won't brush your teeth because you are fasting. So that when you now talk and you say, Huh, you say, oh, we're well, fasting. <laughs> Sorry, we don't know. Put peppermint, yeah? put chewing gum or something. You know, it's not, it's not a weird stuff. It's not to be weird. The whole idea is not to show off or to let people know that this is what I'm doing. But it is for you to actually discipline your body, discipline your flesh, so that your spirit can gain control of your flesh. That's what fasting is. And there has to be a systematic way to it. Again, to make it practical, let's talk about this. Every first Friday of the month, we fast as a church. Every first Friday of the month. That first Friday of the month is not a pick-and-choose game. They <laughs> say, do I want to fast this Ah, This Friday is hard. I can't do this one. (laughs) No, you you are denying yourself of a growth opportunity. That's what you are doing. And those inches matter. Because at the end of the day, if the tree doesn't get the the, the right nutrients, it will not grow to the same stature. It's not possible. It's as simple as that. So, first Friday of the month, then you have to find one day of the week that works for you. At least one day in the week. It doesn't have to be a specific day. You can say, you know, if your schedule is straightforward, you can say maybe I'll fast on Wednesdays, right? But if you are like me, me, what I do is I, I make it follow a, the pattern of my work schedule. So there's a particular day in my, in, in my schedule that, that we call changeover, which is that when we have done two-day shifts, we have a day in between that we are switching over to night shifts the next day. So that day is almost like I have 48 hours or something weird like that in between, right? Or it's actually 24 hours. Well, it feels longer than that, that I have in between. That is the day that I always choose to fast because that's the day I can give a title of my day to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? that's the day that I can afford that two, 2.5 that I now come to church or find somewhere. Sometimes I do it in my car. Oh, you don't understand. I'm telling you, sometimes I'll just tell them, I'm going downstairs. <laughs> and I'll, because they are everybody running. I have boys in my house. There are three of them. Everybody running around, they are making noise, they are screaming, they are doing everything. I'm, I'm coming and I'll go downstairs and do it. So it's not like, you know, we make too many excuses and we are waiting for the perfect time. We are waiting for everything to align, all the stars to come together. And the angel of God appears to you and says, today is the day of prayer. And you say, yes. Ah, what a day. <laughs> you go, no, 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 no. Let me tell you, the, the most effective prayers that I have prayed, that I, that I have seen tangible results from, were on the days that it felt like the only thing I want to do right now is sleep. Like I'm preaching to you right now. Huh? <laughs> the only thing I want to do as I'm talking to you now is sleep. <laughs> it's not to be preaching. But that is when God really actually wants to use you to solve some problems, to, to pray some things through. But we, we don't give him that space. So this is important. You pick a day of the week. From today, every member of this church, please, I'm begging you, pick a day of the week when you're going to be doing it. Whether you're watching online, you are not exempt because you didn't come today, does not mean you are exempt. <laughs> you are part of it, okay? Everybody, find a day of the week, apart from the first Friday of the month. And then when we say January, 21 days fast, it's not for pastor, and you say, 21 days, that's for pastor, and maybe they worship people. <laughs> maybe the worship leaders. <laughs> it's for them. He said, me, 21 day, I will just die. <laughs> no, you will not die. I promise you, you will not die. If fasting kills people, I should have died a long time ago. Long, one day, I will bring some of my old pictures for you to see. I saw one picture that I took when I was going for, camp, I was still pastoring campus fellowship. I will bring that picture. You will, you will laugh, eh? Your life will never remain the same again. <laughs> I was going for campus fellowship. My trouser was so big, my shoe was bigger than my head. I'm telling you. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> when I saw the picture, I just laughed like, God, ah, thank you for delivering me from all this. So this is important. And you do it along with the two other things. And then finally, let me tie it up. Number three is your personal Bible study time. Your personal Bible study time. Second Timothy 2.15. Look at what it says. Second Timothy 2.15 from the Amplified Bible. Okay, let's, let's move on. Go to Second Timothy. I'm, I'm skipping some things because of time. So it says, study and do your best to present yourself to God approved. So we are presenting ourselves to God, not to pastor. A workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed. The the person that will have no reason to be ashamed when he is tested by trial is the one that has studied to show himself approved to God. Like the tree that I was telling you about that would not shake when trials and tests come is the person that has studied to show themselves approved. Who has no reason to be ashamed accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. So every single one of us have to be able to teach. Every one of us you, you will see when we start fresh oil now and they start calling you because like, like how we're going to do it is he's is in charge. He will be assigning it to people. But the week that me, I feel like I have one revelation that I want to come and share. I will push him to one corner and I'll come and share it. <laughs> okay? But he can tell anybody in the church that it's your turn this week to lead us in prayer. Do See, this is where your personal prayer life will come through. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is where it will come through. The things that you are studying on your own is what you can now come And now, exhort everybody with. So, it's not that, you know, there's no avenue for you to do any ministry. That's why we have offering message. It's not so that I will be preaching the offering message. It's so that we can pick anybody in the church to preach the offering message. Uh So that you can, when they say offering message, see, the week that I tell you that you are doing offering message on Tuesday, throughout that week, your life will not be the same. (laughs) You will not be the same person. Everything you do, you are thinking about it. (laughs) Ah! This old It'll be as if the Sunday should not come. <laughs> that is how we grow as Christians. That's how we grow. You, you, it'll be tough. It'll stretch you. But this is how we grow. This is how we grow. So that we're not just playing church. Please, I don't want us to play church because it will not be worth it for us to... When we do AGM now, next Sunday, you will hear all the, all the financials. <laughs> when you, you will hear everything next week Sunday. We're going to do our annual general meeting. Right? It's not worth it to do all that effort, spend all that money... And people are not actually growing. That's the reason for this church. For us to become more like Jesus and then be able to lead other people to Jesus. And these are the practical things that we do that get us to that point. So let's make it practical. Systematic study of the Bible. We said set aside every day of the, w- of the week. You have to set aside a particular, day, uh, a particular time rather, of the day that you are reading your Bible. Just like we said in the prayer, you see that there's a time for your Bible reading there. So you have to make it systematic. What is systematic? You are not leaning towards one side of the Bible and the other side. You have the Old Testament in your reading. You have the New Testament. Don't be distracted. Please focus, okay? You have the Old Testament. You have the New Testament. You have Psalms. You have Proverbs. That's why I brought this Bible. You can find this one on, you can find this on Amazon. It's very simple. It's called the One Year Bible. The entire New Living Translation in 365 readings. So what they've done is that they have, they've broken it down into, into 365 days that will take you only 15 minutes to read every single day. And it it already has, where where is it? It says, um, each 15 minutes daily reading includes a portion from the Old Testament, the New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. So this is the whole idea. Me, I use, um, this I'm going to give to somebody as a gift. Not you guys. Somebody who sends, you know, when we did Revive last year, I told them to send us a picture. If you are watching online, send us a picture. People thought I was joking that I wanted to give price. This is the price. But it it went out of, um, you know, when it's no longer available. For a while, right now it's available. That's why I bought it now. So this is this is the way we go about it. May I use an app um, from KCM.org? Is uh, Ken Coplan Ministries um, Bible Reading Plan? You might not like him, but I enjoy their product. That's your own problem. May I use their website? <laughs> I use all their materials <laughs> because they are, it's blessing me. Uh-huh. They send you a notification. If you forget, you don't read it. The phone will be disturbing you. Uh-huh. So when it's not Instagram that is disturbing you. The phone will be. Buzzing that you have not read, <laughs> you have not read this thing today. So you have to click on it and read it for the phone to keep quiet. So that's how you will force yourself to get into this practice as a discipline. And you will read those portions every single day. The regular Bible app that you have can also do this for you. That regular Bible app. You can go to a Bible reading plan. These are things that we have to get back to doing, guys. A lot of us, even those of us that are so called veterans, we have, we have become lazy. We just want to do shortcuts to everything, everything is shortcuts. Oh, no, no, this is this is the way we grow. This is how we grow. It's, it's a systematic thing. Something that is layer upon layer. So, we have said, feed your spirit before you feed your body. In other words, no Bible, no breakfast. That's what it is. If you practice this, I'm telling you, as simple as it sounds. <laughs> if you practice it, there are days that I would have prepared my tea huh? <laughs> and the bread and the peanut butter that I want to use <laughs> to consume it. Before I remember that, ah! <laughs> no Bible, no breakfast. Ah! <laughs> then I have to push it aside and go and fulfill the righteousness. Then I come back. Because it's first a discipline. I'm telling you, it's first a discipline before it becomes a delight. You will start, it will be a struggle. But one day you will wake up and you just realize that it's no longer a big deal. That you are looking forward to actually reading your, your, your reading plan for that day. And this is how it is. This is the way that we make sure that we are, we are forcing the growth. Just like a child that is born. You don't want the child to just be there. He's not eating and you're not worried. You have to be worried because that child will not grow like every other normal child. That's just the way it is. Alright? Let me start to tie it up now because I've, I've reached the limit of my time already. So, I'm trying I'm to see what I, what I can skip for you here, but I'm almost done. Matthew chapter number 4 and verse 4. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. Let's see what it says. It says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds the mouth of God. Job 23 verse 12. I like this one. Job 23 verse 12. It says, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. More than my necessary food. This is the way we have to take it. This is how it has to be. It's got to be serious stuff. It it, it cannot be something that we just do, you know, do leisurely. All right? Because only a tree that is rooted firmly will stand when the storm when the storm comes, I'm going to leave everything else. I, I want to believe, God, that you have heard. I didn't follow my, my, my outline at all today. <laughs> but I believe, God, that, you know, you, you heard this and you understood it. My goal is not, you know, to be hard on you or to be... That's not the goal. You have to understand my heart in this thing. Is that I want to see everybody that passes through this church. To Be able to, to, to know that if I spend one year here or I spend two years in this church, you can go back to your life and say, The period that I spent here, this was the result. This was the result. This is how we get to that point. So it's not just by coming to church and just sit down. From today, when you're coming to church, you are bringing, the Bible says there are three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. What I like to say is that there are three that bear record in church your Bible, your journal, and your pen. Aha. When you are coming to I'm telling you, that's, that's the way it works. Take, if you can't write, you don't like physical uh, paper and biro. put notes on your phone, put notes on your iPad, put notes somewhere. One day you will need it. I'm, I'm, I, I guarantee you guys, you will need it. Look, there are days that I go back to my old notes. I'm seeing things in them and I'm saying, God, th- how, how did you let me know this and this happened to me? I'm telling you, I'm looking at those notes and I'm saying, ah, How? Because we forget things. Your brain is not a computer system. We forget things. And you will come to church for a whole year. You will hear powerful, powerful messages upon messages. Let me tell you the jokes that I read to you today, huh? These three jokes that I read to you today, I have read them here before. But you are forgotten. Because you are a human being. I have read, I'm telling you all three of them, I have read them here before, and it got the same reaction from you. Why? Because you are human, you forget. See, I went back and I was listening to Revive, 2021 Revive. Huh? As I was watching it and I was talking, the things that were coming out of my mouth, I was asking myself that, uh, how, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> who is this person that is talking? Because they were so strange to me because I'm, I'm, right now I'm not in that space. I'm not in that zone that I was for that program. I'm no longer there right now. Right now, I'm, I'm studying something else. I'm teaching another series. I'm teaching on spiritual maturity. That's what I'm focused on. So, what I was saying was so... Ah, it's so I'm like, oh, ah, God, okay, calm down now. Why are you so... <laughs> why are you so like this? Like, ah, it was... It's not like it was bad. I'm just saying that it was like somebody was ministering to me that was a stranger to me. I was telling you about Mo. Are, are you in a hurry? Do you want to go home quickly? Should I wrap up and just be going? Look, Mo shared this story. He said... We are watching online, and we have exceeded your time limit. You are free to go. God bless you for watching. <laughs> but we want to gist. Okay, we want to continue. See, so he, he said something. He said there was um, a, a a message that he was watching for for Kenneth Hagin, right? He started working in Kenneth Hagin's tape ministry, right? And his job was to watch some tapes and and um, do like editing and bring some clips out of the of the thing. And he had been praying and believing God for something, for an answer concerning an issue. And then he started watching one tape. And can I started teaching some things, he had to quickly go and grab a pen and paper. that, "What? This is exactly what I was. This is the "ah revelation." You know you'll be saying, "God, word, word, word." And he started writing. Then the camera panned to the front row, and there he was sitting in the front row, in the service, nodding his head and writing. <laughs> he was right there in the, in the front row. He said what he was writing dropped from his hand. He said, "What?" It looked like it was a, his young, a younger version of him, but he was there, right in front of Keneshagin, three feet away from him. And he was furiously writing and nodding his head. How much more if you don't write? He said everything the man was saying was like, was strange to him. That ah, and he was there. He said he was telling himself that ah, maybe, maybe we traveled when they were doing this seminar. <laughs> maybe something, but he was sitting right there in front. So I'm telling you guys, this thing is not a joke. It's not a joke. We can look. My wife and I. We told ourselves when we're starting this church because we know that the reason why we don't compare ourselves with anybody is that we are not. We'll tell you all the gist in AGM. Huh? We didn't start like everybody else. You know, there's some people are born with silver spoons. Some people we didn't have any spoon. There's not even wooden spoon. <laughs> we didn't have. You don't have any spoon. There's nobody. You know, church when you want to start church, they will give you 12 members from one parish. This one will give you 10 members. This one will give you the everybody will come. You think all those people fall from everywhere? They dash them people. <laughs> we had nothing zero, <laughs> zero. Money, zero. Not from anywhere. There was no takeoff grant. There's no place that say, oh, we are supporting you. Go, go um, and soar, and soar so like an eagle. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody gave us anything. So when I see one person, it is a bonus. That's why I'm so particular. When one new guest comes, that's why you see me, I'm, I, 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 it's like, I'm so excited because that's a bonus. So I'm not like you, comparing and saying, ah, but, ah, but all these churches are, ah, like there are so many, why are we not as many as them? So calm down. Calm down. The focus should be on you, you, growing up. When you get to that point, I'm telling you, when we get to the point where the church is growing up and every, everybody is healthy, you will see the growth. When it starts this is not something that um, I'm just saying from my head. Every single person that has come here, Pastor P.K. came here, he said the same thing. He said, when this the church, this is your church, when it starts growing, you will not be able to keep up. That's what he said. This week, I was, I was so down, eh? when I was praying, I was, saying, I was telling God that, you see, this church thing, you have to tell me whether you actually called me, because I, mean, I cannot be stressing my life if you did not call me. As I was praying that prayer, Somebody sent me a message. When somebody sends me a message, when I'm praying, I don't look at it. God said, go and pick up your phone. I want to answer you. See, I was praying right here, (laughs) in this place. It was 3.39 p.m. God said, go and pick up your phone. You are asking me a question. I want to answer you. With my phone. Of course, the spiritual me would have said, no, no, no. My phone is a distraction in prayer. I opened the message. Good afternoon, Pastor Sheon. Hope you are doing great. God placed it in my heart to tell you that he is establishing Believer's House. Giving it a name and is announcing it to the world. It was like you had been expecting something as a church, then God answered, because I saw you unveiling the testimony to the church. Also, there will be a mighty move of the spirits and the supernatural in your midst. I'm sure this might not be news to you, but probably a confirmation from God. God bless you, sir, and thank you for the excellent work you are doing. You've been a huge blessing to my wife and I. This is how God answered my prayer. Well, I was here. <laughs> And, you know, you, you just something like that will happen and will just be like, ah, I, need to, I need to pack this up. The anointing for preaching has, has come upon me. But <laughs> well, we need to close, okay? Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. And by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish us in this truth and indeed in all righteousness. I pray that you open up our eyes, every single one of us, to see what our path is in this assignment. To stop looking around and looking and, and observing lying vanities seeing circumstances around and being discouraged, but that you establish our hearts to know that you are taking us somewhere and we are privileged to be a part of this journey. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.